0: Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside Matt Story. And Matt just had to put up with a lot because I forgot that to cook a chicken in an oven, you must physically put the chicken in the oven. (laughs) But we're here. We're doing it now. um, And Duke, North Carolina is playing right now. And things like that let you talk about Grayson Allen. Matt, Grayson Allen likes to trip people, and he apparently hasn't stopped learning that lesson that he's not supposed to.
1: Well, if... if, uh... You're expecting me to get out the, you know, the torches for him. Um, I'm not gonna. Uh, I I feel as though the story has been tremendously overplayed and overrated. Um, I I think he's uh, he's have some, you know, anger management problems. I guess, um, but uh, uh, I think things that happen to him happen to players four or five times a game. Somebody, you know, runs into your leg. um, And and now we're just breaking down every piece of his film like it's the Zapruder film. And, you know, oh, my God, his leg touched somebody else's leg. Therefore, he must be a serial tripper. And I just think it's absurd.
0: I mean, some of these I agree with you. But there have been a couple where that's what he's doing. He's away from the ball. Oh, oh,
1: yes. In past instances, no doubt. I mean, the the two last year, um, yes. You know, now I will also tell you, don't. view uh tripping someone in basketball to be a capital offense uh you know it's it's is it a little It's cheap no doubt um but you know let's let's cross sports tripping in football is a 15 yard penalty nobody calls for uh, you know somebody to be suspended for x number of games because they trip somebody tripping in hockey is a two-minute minor uh, so you know uh, is it is it Great, no, it's not. I mean, but but guys like uh, Bill Lambeer and Dennis Rodman, Draymond Green have have, have and, and continue to have built very profitable careers based on flirting with the line of dirty and cheap, um, and, and and you know, so I don't view this guy that much differently than them.
0: I think that part of this is he's a white wing player at Duke, and that I think that's I think that's ninety five percent of it. I agree with you but i do also think you mentioned draymond green if there was film this year of draymond green going high leg between stephen adams's legs yeah you know it wouldn't matter the context because now you've got a reputation and i think especially right. as you think about his future prospects and things like that he's now got a reputation and he's going to have to reckon with that at all levels
1: yeah yeah no doubt uh, you know i mean uh, i i guess i guess in my opinion, yes, uh, the, the instances last year and the one against Elon were were very, you know, obvious. But the stuff since the, you know, the one against Pitt, that that was just, uh, I mean, that's playing basketball. You try to step in, take a charge, the guy moves and, oh, you know, legs collide. I mean, it, again, these things happen five times a game and it's out and the guy goes to the line and that's that. And... Uh, and nobody else gets a breakdown like that, you know, it's just, up. Oh, that's a foul on that guy. And we move on and we forget about it. Um, so in that case, yeah, you're right. He does have a, a reputation now to go along and he, you know, I'm not saying he hasn't earned that reputation, but I do. I, I mean, maybe I agree with you even stronger than the way you said it. I believe that reputation is because he's a white, good player at Duke. Um, you, you know, and I, and I think, um, been a long line of of disliked white players at duke going back to you know uh danny ferry if we want to go back that far but certainly christian laettner and Lee. and there's you know there's always a successor and uh you and i watched the national championship game together two years ago and when, when alan was a freshman and i remember talking to you and saying he's in line to be the successor and boy oh boy have i been right on that
0: that's absolutely true you called that from miles away but not that it took that much.
1: Um, you know, you could see that, you know, he just had the look. You know, he just did. He he. Uh, not only is he white, but he has the look of, you know, white privilege. He just really does, and and that's, uh, you know, what, what has always sort of played into
0: this. Well, the other thing that I think this does that should not be overlooked from just a basketball sense is he's never going to get the benefit of the doubt. There will never be an incidental contact for true, him. True, true you know, and I think that, I, I, and I think that when the other team, if it happens with somebody else, they, you know, you might see the whistle get swallowed a little bit more.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I mean, I agree. Um, you know, and, and, uh, certainly his, to me, what was more concerning about him when, when the incident happened against Elon was not what he did, but how he reacted to it. Um, and it, you know, it, it just, that to me puts a, uh, you know, a bullseye on his back. If you're an opponent that, Hey, you know, we, we want to get under his skin and, you know, you see that in other sports and, and, and at the professional level, that if you know, you can bother a guy, you're going to, um, I mean, Odell Beckham was kind of an example of that, that, you know, these last couple years or year and a half with the giants, like teams try to get under his skin and take him out of the game. And, and I think, you know, he, that's something he's got to work on as he goes forward in his career is is you know not being such an easy target
0: yeah I mean it certainly is going to help the atmospheres that he's played in at Duke that he'll at least you would assume be able to work on tuning out the fans it'll be interesting to see what happens when he gets into the NBA though where you have guys like Draymond Green who are professional rabble rousers sure you know sure
1: sure you know and and as we say all this um you know, is his is his NBA career gonna be uh you know, JJ Reddick where he plays for, you know, a decade plus and he's an impact player, or uh, you know, Christian Leitner, Bobby Hurley, uh, you know, guy who never quite matches for whatever reason, Hurley, you know, was was injury related, but never quite matches the the production um, you know, that he was in college. and it could be. I don't I don't know how he projects as an NBA player. I mean he's got He's got good athleticism. He's a good shooter, so you figure there's a
0: spot for him. But who knows? Maybe there isn't. I mean, he could find himself if he, you know if he can really translate that shooting at the next level in in a mm-hmm. you know a Steve Kerr type role of yeah, just a guy yeah. who I mean can hit threes and be another, be another weapon on sure. a, you know, when you're spreading sure. the floor and, you know,
1: he can, he can handle the ball. I mean, he's played point guard for them a lot this year. Um, and, and, you know, this is going to sound, uh, like stereotypical scouting report cause it is, but you know, you, you, you look at him and you'd say, Oh, he's just a shooter. He's a good athlete. You know, I, I, uh, I got to one Duke game this year, there up in Vegas and, and they played a totally overmatched UNLV team, but Man, he put on a show athletically, a couple of huge dunks in transition, and like, you know, you you watch it, and like, this, this guy got explosion. He's not, you know, just a guy who stands at the arc and shoots three, so, you know, there's there's talent there, no doubt, but, uh, you know, it, it's always hard projecting into the NBA because so, you know, uh, uh, you know, it seems like there's guys every year that are really good in college, and they go out, and then you just never hear from them again, anywhere near the level you did in college, because they just can't. They can't find the right role, and he's a guy who's going to have to find the right spot, you know, the right team that he can fit into.
0: Yeah, no, that's for sure true. Now, you know, you mentioned standing around just shooting threes, and ASU did (laughs) quite a bit of that, but unsuccessfully (laughs) last night against Cal. They went 3 of 25 from beyond the arc. Cody Justice was 3 of 6. The rest of the team 0 for 19.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's uh, it's it's the downside of, of being a team that, you know, is going to shoot a lot from the outside. We really, we haven't seen a game like this this year, at least in the Pac-12. I mean, we've been able to score, uh, but our defense hasn't always been there, and depth and all those issues that we've talked about, but, you know, I guess in some ways, um, it's probably only a matter of time before you had a game like that, where just, you know, the, the shots aren't falling, and they certainly weren't last night, and you know, Cal played good defense. The zone really seemed to to take ASU out of what they like to do. And it just, you know, that's that's what a zone is designed to do is make you just, you know, pass the ball around the arc and shoot threes. And if they're not falling, it's a long night, and it, it certainly was.
0: Yeah, I mean this is you know the quintessential live by the three, die by the three team. And definitely. And when you have a game it's weird to have it at home, but when you have a game where you cannot make the three there's not, you know, that's how you wind up scoring 17 points and a half and being held at yeah, 41 yeah. for the game.
1: Right. I mean, it's it's, uh, you know, I think my reaction on seeing that score was, you know, I thought, boy, this reminds me of Herb Sendek territory. Now, it, you know, it's I'm not I'm not saying that this team is like that because it's not. They've been able to score plenty, but yeah, I mean, we we had some Herb games where we could not get over 50, and uh, you know, it, it's it's rough. I, I mean. Like we talked about this morning, you know, it's uh, you're not going to beat anybody shooting for 25 from the outside, I mean, it doesn't matter who you're playing. We, you know, you, you play a uh, uh, you know a, a team from from you know any small conference November, you're going to lose that game. So, uh, and Cal's a good team. And Cal, I believe, is third in the Pac-12 um, right now, and right there with the with the big boys of you know UCLA, Oregon, and Arizona in the standings. So, can't can't uh, can't do that and expect to have any chance.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, Cal's eighteen and six. Rab is a first round pick. You would assume. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably but, would have been last year. So. But I mean, you can't win when Torian Graham, in thirty nine minutes, goes one of fourteen from the field and 0 of nine from three.
1: <laughs> no, you can't. No, no, and that you know that goes along with what we've talked about with him before. He is a, he's a chucker. You know, he he's going to shoot. Uh, you know, 14 times, regardless of one going in or 10 or five or whatever. And, and, you know, this team doesn't have uh, many other options. So they have to, they have to keep shooting. You know, I mean, we've, we've discussed that too. The, you know, this team is, is really six, seven deep at the very most, if you're really stretching. So you just gotta, you know, you gotta send those guys out there and keep shooting last night it didn't work. And uh, hopefully, you know, some more shots will go in the game. is The game sometimes is real simple. Does the ball go, in the hoop,
0: and last night it didn't very much. If you ignore Vila's one for one, our best shooter was Cody Justice, and he was three of eight. Nobody had a better percentage yeah. than that. Holder three of yeah. eleven, Graham one of fourteen, Evans four of twelve, and Oleka three of thirteen. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, and and beyond the arc, I mean, we were we shot twelve percent. Oleka 0 for two, yeah. Evans o for six, Graham o for nine, <laughs> Holder o for two. That's
1: yeah, 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 it's rough. I mean, there, there's there's, no, uh, you know, it's it's one of those games where you don't have to dig deep in the box score to figure out why the score ended up the way it did. Sometimes, you know, you have a game, you think, ah, oh, boy, was it was it rebounding? Was it free throw shooting? Well, this one's pretty easy. Uh, you know, when you shoot the ball that poorly, it's hard to win.
0: 25.4% from the field.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and like you said, 12% from three, which is, uh, you know, this, this being a guard heavy team. Um, and it's been a pretty good three point shooting team. I mean, that's the thing. You know, this isn't is characteristic for this team to have a night like this, and that's good because, you know, it, it, as, as uh, rough as this season's been, it'd pull a whole lot worse if they, you know, couldn't shoot from the outside.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, ASU's still got an outside shot of. You know, getting to 500 in conference or not in conference. Yeah. I'm sorry for the yeah. season, but uh,
1: overall, yeah. But they've got it's, it's uh,
0: you know, they've got a fairly decent shot of potentially getting out of the bottom four and getting that which would uh, be nice that yeah. coveted first yeah. round bye in the Pac-12 tourney. Right, right.
1: You know, I mean, it, you know, it'd be it'd be nice, um, just to to get you know again every every little step this year. I mean, it's it's not going to be a NCAA tournament year it's not a year where you're gonna you know be in the top 25 or any of those things Uh, but you finished 11th in the conference last year so every notch you can move up is is something you can take going into you know 2017-18 which is really a year I think you and I both have uh, some expectation for not you know not to say we're thinking final four but you know something where we want to see we want to see some good stuff happen next year.
0: I mean, if not, then you really have to be curious. Now, look, everything could change if, uh, you know, Holder and Justice both graduate and decide to go graduate transfer right. or something. But right. Otherwise, you know, your assumption would be all of them will be back. And, yes. you, know, you get to you get this influx of talent between guys who are injured, guys who are medically uh, not cleared and academically mm-hmm. not cleared. And then you know the new freshman class, which also your you know, recruiting class, yeah, it yeah. looks good. So,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I you know again, I uh, I don't want to be stuck in in you know trying to go five hundred range forever. That's that's where we are this year, and you just kind of accept it. But you know, next year, I think um, we both have have hopes for a team that can you know at least contend for the tournament, get to this point of the year, and have a chance. You show up in that bubble watch uh, on ESPN.com because you know we we haven't sniffed that now for a couple of years, and that is to be expected. We knew this was going to be a rebuild, and it is, uh, you know. But you want to start seeing some progress next year. Uh, again, I'm not I'm not saying you know tournament or bust. It's it's year three under Bobby Hurley. We still got to take our take our time here, but you know you do you do want to start to see more wins um that's what it comes down to and, and not thinking in february boy it'd be nice if we could you know get out of the bottom four of the conference that's that's not ideal
0: yeah well we will uh have a lot to preview for this year but it'd be nice if next year we get to talk about asu's chances in the conference tournament and the ncaa tournament. i hope so but i
1: hope so yeah it seems like it's been a long time and you know, I know we did have that that you know what second to last year with Herb that we we got in the tournament. And Herb's last year, I think we finished fifth in the conference and then bowed out, you know, in the first game of the conference tournament, which probably got him canned. Um, but boy, does it! I mean, to me, you know, that that year we made it feels a little hollow in hindsight, and it just seems like a long time since we've really had a team. I mean, like twenty, what was it, two thousand nine, when we were a six seed and. He had a team that really felt like they could do some damage, and that's eight years ago now. So it'd it'd be nice to get that feeling again.
0: Absolutely. We're going to transition to talk about uh, college football and the coordinator shuffle. And if you want to buy an ad, now would be where I would say it. I would talk to Matt. I would weave it in (laughs) seamlessly. We could talk about whatever. Sponsor plug. Yeah, there's that's right. So, sometimes you know the podcasts I listen to. They talk about underwear. They talk about uh, Amazon.com. Right. They talk about any sort, any number of things. Mattresses. Right. Clothing. Right. Um, <laughs> and I'm happy to shill for really anything. Like oh, yeah. I have no oh, yeah. shame. So whatever it is, but no. but unfortunately yeah. Yeah. nobody cares because nobody listens. Uh, <laughs> So, because of that, we're just going to transition right to talking college football. And Matt, you've been all over the fact that the coordinators and coaching staffs have just been consistently in flux, and we no longer have, you know, the settling down periods that we're used to.
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem like. I mean, maybe I'm just paying more attention this year. Um, you know, I'm going, uh, you know, pretty much once a day, I go to the ESPN college football page and and, you know, it seems like every day I'm reading their, you know story of this, this position coach is leaving here for here. And, you know, obviously this week the, the headline was uh, starkesian leaving after a long, illustrious tenure as being Alabama's offensive coordinator to go to the Falcons. He finishes 0-1 as offensive coordinator at Alabama, but got him an FL job, so that works out nice. And now, you know, you just wonder what the Dominoes do there if they hire – you know, another team's coordinator or another team's position coach, um, you know, then it just, you know, continues to have an effect. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that is, you know, rumored is obviously everyone thinks Chip Kelly is going everywhere. Um, right. Right. <laughs> but, but the big concern, if you're an ASU fan, is that we just took Billy Napier from Alabama and he could just as seamlessly plug back in at Alabama.
1: Yeah, it's uh, eerily similar to last year. You know, we hired Chip Lindsey from Southern Miss. Uh, You know, he was the offensive coordinator there. We hire him. Their head coach leaves, and, you know, all of a sudden it's like, well, will he just go back where he was? Well, he didn't. Um, You know, now it's a situation where we hire a position coach, and now he could get a promotion at his old school. Um, So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what, what the Lord Nick Saban chooses to do, and, um, who he goes after, uh, you know, yeah, Chip Kelly's the, the, uh, hot name, but, um, you know, boy, Chip Kelly has, uh, I- at least in, in fantasy land held about 10 different jobs in the last two months and none of them he's had got. So we'll see.
0: And, and one thing that you haven't heard is a willingness of Chip Kelly to take any of these right. jobs, you know,
1: right, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think it, you know, it's an easy, uh, I made the comparison to somebody else, you know, a different thing, but it's almost like you know, L.A. and the NFL was for years. Like everybody who was moderately unhappy, uh, well, we just go to L.A. You know, that'd be the latest rumor. And it, you know, seems like Chip Kelly as as ex coach, uh, whatever it is, head coach, coordinator, college pro, is the easy. Like, oh well, you know, they don't have a they don't have a guy for that job. They'll just tire Chip Kelly. Work out great.
0: I mean, I feel like he's going to be like Tibbs in the NBA, and he's just you know, going to sit out one year and pick whatever the best opening he gets moving forward. Yeah.
1: And I don't, I don't think that's a bad idea. Um, I mean, there, there's some fairly high profile programs that go into 2017 with coaches on the hot seat. And, you know, there'll be opportunities for him in all likelihood if he wants to be a head coach again. Now, you know, maybe he wants to go and be a coordinator at Alabama and go the, the you know, image rehab route that Lane Kiffin tried and Steve Sarkisian uh, you know, successfully pulled off. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, to me, it makes more sense to just sit out, collect that money from the 49ers and, and the Eagles probably, probably getting paid by both still, and, and uh, you know, then have your pick of a spot in December.
0: Well, and you know that you can get a job if you want to be around the game. You could get a job at Pac-12 Network easily. Um,
1: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, there's there's ways to keep yourself involved.
0: Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. You know, you you'd like to think it's going to shut. You know, that the shuffle will stop. Um, Hopefully, when the music stops, ASU's got a full slate of coaches and aren't having to reach (laughs) down for a high school coach. Yeah.
1: But I know, I mean, uh it's it's hard when you have a new offensive and defensive coordinator in the same year anyway, and uh, you know, we might we might have a third new coordinator in, in only two spots. So yeah, it's not ideal. Um hopefully that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. Well, wherever it goes, whenever the carousel stops, Matt and I will be there to break it all down. We yeah. will talk to you about the tournament. We'll read sponsor plugs. Greg, I know you're out there. If you want me to just talk about your family for 30 seconds in the middle of this, I'm happy to do that. They're all great. You know, give me the list of names and stats that you want plugged in, and I'll do that. Uh, in the meantime, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's Ben and Matt Sportscast.